0: Episode three of the Brush Union podcast. I'm your host, Simon Berman, and general president of the Brush Union. And this is our second of two episodes with the lovely staff from Battlefront Gaming, creators of Flames of War. I am here today with Aaron Taharamethi, who is a studio painter at Battlefront. Cool. So, Aaron, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, how are you? Uh, I'm well, thanks. And uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. You know, uh, the Brush Builders Union is really a painting organization. So, any chance we get to talk to a, a serious studio painter, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Cool, cool. Well, um, I'll try and rustle up a serious studio painter for you. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so yeah, why don't we why don't we hear a little bit about you before we get into into the nitty gritty? But uh, you know, how did you get your start as a painter? Uh, so the uh, the way that I started as a as a painter was actually when
1: I was about five years old. I um I picked up a model kit. I think it was an Fx uh, AC forty seven or something like that um and you know put it together badly painted it badly uh, spent the next number of years making uh, model kits mostly airplanes uh and then in my teen years uh a friend and i uh, got into um what was it warhammer 40k and um just went from there and then uh, in my 20s i went off and, and uh, worked in the railroad for about 10 years and uh, then saw an ad pop up um on the, the battlefront uh website and i thought hey why not why not
0: get a shot? and uh here i am very cool yeah. so are you are you originally from uh from new zealand i take it i am indeed yep that's great so mm-hmm. so um you know it, i think one of the cool things i like about battlefront is it, it's sort of the only like really notable new zealand wargaming uh company which is kind of fun yeah we're so, uh, i think we're a bit unique yeah, yeah that's very cool and you're, in, you're in auckland right uh
1: that's correct yep
0: right on no, I think I think the only other sort of claim to fame for minis gaming stuff or minis in general for New Zealand is probably Peter Jackson's uh, collection. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's um, out at Wetter in Wellington. Yep, I haven't been yet, but uh, apparently it's quite impressive.
0: Yeah, the Anzac thing, right? That's very cool.
1: I've I've seen it. That is very impressive. Um, it's it's huge. It hats off to, to everyone that's uh, contributed
0: yeah. to that. Yeah. As far as being the studio painter at Battlefront, how long have you been? Have you been there? Uh, I think uh, probably five or six years now. Uh, quite a while. It's so long I've forgotten when I started, so <laughs> it's been a while. So but you, You've been through an edition change at this point, right? Uh, yes. So when I first came on board, uh, the guys
1: were still in third edition, I think. Um, they might have been reaching the end of the, the late war third edition yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Um, and then a couple of years ago we uh, switched over to fourth and... Started with Midwar
0: again. So are, are you the only studio painter there, or do you have co-workers uh, in painting? No, there's there's uh, me and me, basically,
1: so, yeah. Wow, well, you must be busy. Uh, it, it can get pretty hectic at times, it certainly yeah. can. But, uh, yeah, yeah, hey, you know. Makes the day go faster.
0: Uh, about how many minis do you think you've painted for Battlefront, if you have any idea? Ooh,
1: pfft. no, I, I wouldn't even hazard to guess. Um, yeah. A lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> that is a, a lot of tiny men and tanks i imagine oh yes yes indeed yep um spanning pretty much everything we do so great war world war two um world war three the whole lot
0: yeah yeah sure uh, world war three that's that's team yankee right it is correct yep yeah i'd like to talk to you about that uh a little bit later in the sure. uh, the interview but um yep. that I've, I've had my eye on team yankee for a couple of years now it's it's yeah, well, well, you're speaking to the right person, and I love Team Yankee, so we're we'll, we're there yeah. Yeah, when you're ready. Yeah, that's that's what Andrew told me uh, when I interviewed him. Actually, yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm not surprised. I think I'm the guy in, in the studio you know, that's most keen on it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But
0: uh, we'll we'll continue on. In the meantime. We'll, we'll get back that's to it. that though. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to circle back to that. Don't don't think I won't. No. Nah, so you know what? Uh, can you tell me about, like what what is it? What is a day in the life of uh, the Battlefront Flames of War studio painter like? Well, it's, it's uh, many and varied, really. So um, it, it can be anything from um,
1: sort of filling out a, a range of models that have appeared in books and things, so that we can you know photograph them later on. Uh, that's that's what I've been doing for about the last three weeks. To looking over some prototypes of some new minis, uh, I was doing that earlier today in fact uh yeah so it's it's many and varied basically um there, there's no sort of typical
0: day right on i i take it if we're seeing pictures of painted minis in in flames of war materials books or ads or whatever we're probably seeing your work right um more than likely
1: more than likely if, if it's if it's happened in the last sort of five or so years it's, it's probably been done by me um last year i didn't do a lot of flames of war stuff uh, i was working on a couple of big teen yankee projects but um sure. yeah apart from that a, a lot of it yeah if you if you see my name I'll pop up in a book there, there's going to be some stuff of mine in there um certainly uh, a lot of the a lot of the newer stuff over the last few years uh, spotlight mm-hmm. uh, photos and things like that on the website yep that's that's all been done by me um some of it I'm happy with, some of it I'm not, but that's uh, that's the joy of being a painter, right? Of course,
0: yeah. Uh, that's that's really cool. Um, you know, I think I think to a certain degree you're you're probably living the dream for a lot of our listeners because you know you're uh, for better or worse getting paid to paint all day with all the uh, fun and uh, tragedy that comes along with that. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, that's very
1: true. It, uh, it, it, it's it's uh, like my first week working here quite some time ago. I first met Andrew in the... We off, we went off for for a feed on a Thursday night, and he was like, "Yeah, so what do you think of working here?" I'm like, "Well, I'm painting models for a living, so it could be worse." Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I should, I should ask. You know, I, I think um, the average mini painter, you know, often kind of kind of agonize over the quality of their, their paint job, and you know, and they were just having to put it on their own tabletop, and they're only, you know, it's just them and their friends were going to see it. Do you find that much more stressful as somebody who's putting uh-huh. their, their the face of the company forward? Yes and no. I mean, um, it, it's it's like everything. I mean, I, I
1: approach mini painting for myself the same way as I approach I approach it for the company. So it's it's really um, do the best job possible with the with the time and resources available. Um. So obviously, when it's my own stuff, I've got forever and a day, really, if I wanted to do it. But generally, sure. with um with company stuff it's it's either a case of um matching something that's been done before by myself or someone else or at least as close as possible matching um or you know uh, I've, I've got a, a, a relatively short time frame so you know quite often a lot of the stuff i'll do i i i look at it afterwards and it's like well i i could have done better but i couldn't have had done have done better with the time available um and obviously with just me doing it and uh you, you've seen the amount of products that we sort of push through in a year oh yeah know. um yeah I'd, I'd always like more time but hey uh what i've got is what i've got so try to do the best i can
0: with what i've got yeah now that that makes total sense
1: yeah. uh, you,
0: you mentioned that you know part of what you do is you know you look at prototypes of models um and when you're talking about that, are you were you looking at them with an eye towards painting them, or are you involved in you know the, the approval process for the, the sculpts? Um, a, a little bit of everything, really. Um, I, I I wouldn't say that I'm particularly far up
1: the chain with regards to approval pro, um, processes and things like that. But um, so for stuff like um, infantry sculpts and things like that, I'll, I'll sort of have a, a general um, look over because I've I've been a uniform collector and and all that kind of stuff in the past. Um, so I'll look for stuff that really sort of sticks out to me as looking a bit not quite right. Um, right and certainly with with regards to the painting angle especially on infantry I'll be looking at that quite closely so I'll look at um, the depth of detail and things like that and, and just sort of how easy is it going to be to pick up things like a dry brush and stuff like that because I mean we have to look at sort of every level of painter so it's, it's all very well for me to sit there and go well I can chuck on an optivisor and and uh, paint these things no matter what they look like but you know not everyone is is as privileged as that so sure yeah so i I sort of try and and um just uh steer our digital sculptor especially just in the direction of ensuring that it's going to be easy enough to do um with regards to, to vehicles and stuff like that um, if if I know a bit about it, I'll, I'll generally get chucked a, a a prototype model to look at or some some renders of of um, 3D work that's happening and sort mm-hmm. of take a look see at it. If I don't, you know, I'll just generally put it together once we get the prototype models coming through and say yeah, it goes together okay or nah, there's there's some things that could be changed to make it a bit easier. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that's sort of more the end of, of, of that process that I am, is just ensuring that, that the models themselves are, are just nice models. I mean, um, for instance, I recently bought a 148 scale uh, Academy model kit in an airplane, and it is atrocious. It is truly a process huh. to put together. Um, so I try and avoid that for our customers if you. Sure. Know what I mean.
0: Did you uh, Did you mention say that you you were or you used to be a uniform collector?
1: Uh, yes. So um for years and years and years um in my twenties yeah it would have been in my twenties late teens early twenties, uh, I did a bit of collecting of um, things like uh, falschmäg. Uh, um, uniforms and stuff like that for World War Two, but um, I did a lot of um Vietnam uniform or Vietnam era uniform collecting. So,
0: oh, interesting. Um,
1: yeah, so I had all sorts of stuff, uh, ERDL camouflage and, and tiger stripes, the whole gamut. Some of it are have sure. but a lot of it I don't. Have
0: Have you found that uh, that has helped you in in painting fifty millimeter World War Two stuff? It It does a little bit. Um,
1: probably not not so much World War Two stuff because there's a a lot of um. Vietnam. Like web, web resources and things like that out there to, to look at, and, and certainly the guys here, um, are, are far bigger sort of World War II kind of people than I am. So I, I sure. generally sort of lean on the on the team a little bit for for that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, certainly for anything else, it's it does actually help to have seen the real thing. Um, it helps you kind of just just see just visualize it in your mind before you actually put paint to miniature and kind of start to work out how things layer so you know if you if you're painting a camouflage pen on an infantry guy you kind of want to know what the base color is what the next color is what the Mm -hmm. color is so you can make it at least approximate it um you know at at 15 mil it, it is only approximation but even then sure yeah, you, know, you sort of don't want to do, say, a, a World War Two British Paris smock, starting with green and and working wet tan, even though that's the best way to paint. Um, it, it just always ends up looking a bit funny. So you want to sort of start mm-hmm. with tan and and work backwards, if you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah, it it does help, it does help.
0: No, that makes that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, so what 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 are your sort of go to references when you're uh, when you're figuring out how to paint things? Because you know, I, I think a lot of our listeners and people who just game probably they're looking at your work in the books as their reference. But you've got to you've got to start sort of you've got to find a primary source, right?
1: I do, yeah. Um, so for a lot of the a lot of the World War II stuff, that it's kind of it it's sort of set in stone these days because all the the painters that worked here before me have kind of worked out the, the colours and styles. Um occasionally one of the one of the writers will sort of come up with a with a book they've recently discovered and, and sort of flip through and see some pictures and go, hey that that looks cool and it's a bit different to what we used to do. Um so I'll sort of look at that, those kind of things. Um and the Internet the internet um, is actually a really great resource for just pictures of stuff to see what things look like. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and certainly these days, um, with the, the prevalence of, of the internet, uh, things like modelers and, and military enthusiasts and stuff like that just have a plethora of information out there that they put up because they're just enthusiastic about it. So, um, on, a, on a sort of major project, uh, quite often I'll spend a, a, a bit of, a, of the first few days just kind of scrolling through the internet seeing what i can see and and uh going from there yeah sometimes you can dig up something new that no one knew
0: Oh, that's that must be cool
1: yeah yeah that's 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 kind of um so sort of quite a fun part of the whole process that it, it uh it it speaks to my inner research guy from when i was doing my defense yeah study. Years ago at university. So,
0: huh. um, so you, w- what is a major project for you? you? You sort of mentioned you might do a few days of research for.
1: Um, so, a major project. So, probably the easiest one to go with was the last major project I did, which was for oil war. So, for oil war, um, I, I ended up having to kind of research what Iranian vehicles look like, what Iraqi vehicles look like, and uniforms, obviously, weapons, all that kind of stuff. Um, Israeli gear um, and then what I'll quite often do is something like that because there's a there was a lot involved i I spent a good probably six months or longer on that um so I'll end up putting together like a little dossier of um just photographs and things like that so I can kind of just get a feel for what things look like um mm-hmm. you know what condition they're and all that kind of stuff so yeah yeah. So a a major project is is something like that. So on that project, what did I do? I painted everything that was Iraqi, everything that was Iranian, just about everything that was Israeli um, as well. So just the Iraqi vehicles alone, I think we did a tally at one point. There was like 60 odd um, vehicles just with a couple of models each um, Mm -hmm. of each type. So there's...
0: It, it, there can be a lot of work involved. Um, yeah. Oh, I can imagine. <clears throat> so I, I know you guys are getting ready to, uh, to launch the late war stuff. Were there any like really serious projects you had to do for that?
1: Uh, so for late war, um, a, a lot of it has been models that, that already exist. So a lot of the late war stuff um, I'm more going through and, and doing the, the newer plastics that being released to re- replace uh, the sort of older metal and resin models. Um, really, what do we do there? Some some nice late war Tigers, um, some other bits and pieces, some guns and stuff like that. I don't know I, I, there's nothing sort of major that's that's cropped up for me with regards to that. Um, the last couple of weeks, as I say, or as I said earlier on, I was filling out some Soviet stuff, um, which has come out mm-hmm. in plastic and things like that, and that ended up being. Ooh, about thirty odd vehicles over three weeks. So oh, about wow. about ten vehicles a week. Yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty major. Um, not so much major on the the researching of things. I mean, you know, Soviet stuff is painted green. There's nothing too complicated sure. about it. But um, yeah, yeah, it was it was certainly a, a fairly major undertaking, just sort of painting wise to get it all done and really so the the photography guys
0: can do their thing when it comes up. So yeah. No, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, something I'm kind of thinking about is, you know, I think um a lot of people who are listening, a lot of Brushwooders Union members in particular, um, you know, they're 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 always dabbling in historicals for the first time or smaller scales. You know, I know we we have a number of people who you know I know are very dedicated historicals people mm-hmm. uh, who are used to the smaller scale models, but I was wondering, you know. What are your thoughts on the on the challenges of painting fifteen millimeter versus you know the more typical twenty eight millimeter fantasy sci fi stuff that I think a lot of people cut their teeth on? Yeah, um, so I think a, a lot of the challenges
1: really come from things like color theory, um, and and certainly for me at least, and, and I, I would suspect for the for the the wider sort of gaming community, painting community out there is making details pop out because you've got such a small model, you don't want it to look dark. So it it's all very well to paint something in what would be officially the right colour. So say for instance, again, Soviet vehicles, you know, what I mean, a nice sort of deep sort of mid green would, would be a good call for a for a real one. You know, if you if you look at them it's uh say Bovington or anything like that, you know, they're they're a nice green. But um at 15 mil, that's going to look like a dark blob. So it's a case of sort of, of um, finding a green that's going to stick out a little bit or a colour that's going to stick out a little bit but not look crazy. Um, and then after that, it's, it's things like um, just, just getting your, your um, sort of washes and, and highlights you know, the right. Um, so, for instance, I'll, I'll quite often do a very light-coloured highlight um on a a vehicle uh simply so the details on it will pop out um so Mm -hmm. i'll tend to to get a dry brush out and say like a vallejo pale sand you know i mean you you'd think of it and think that that's a a very light color and it's going to make everything look horrendously white but um once you start to look at at something at 15 mil it sort of you know, a couple of meters away on a table, you're actually, yeah. you're, you're very happy that you've gone for that sort of lighter highlight just to sort of pop the details because, I mean, um, we spend a lot of time making sure these models have a lot of detail on them so they, they mm-hmm. are visually really appear, appealing um, and you don't want to wash that out, if you know what I mean. Um, certainly, yeah. I don't, um, I'm very visually driven when it comes to models, so... Yeah, I I want to see that detail, um, and I want to see it whilst I'm standing around a table playing with it. If you know what I mean, as opposed to just seeing it when I'm holding it right up to my face.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are are there any specific techniques that you find are particularly effective, like dry brushing? Do you, when it comes to highlighting, do you prefer you know edge highlighting to two brush blending? Any any. Sort of go-tos that you have for for painting at this scale.
1: Um, yeah. So what I what I like to do. I'm I'm a I'm a big airbrush proponent. I've I've got to say. I know I know a lot of people aren't. But um, so what I'll tend to do just as as a process um, is I'll undercoat a miniature black, um, and let's say it's a Sherman tank, just just for for ease um sure um so i'll highlight it black uh or sort of undercoat it black and then i'll um spray airbrush the color on so in this case it's what a u.s olive drab um and i'll sort of look at it for a couple of minutes and go okay what can we do here um at which point i'll tend to to get out a, a nice sort of brown wash that really sort of drops the the depth of brown back into that olive drab um to give it that sort of World War Two sort of brownish kind of look. Um, mm-hmm. Once it's dried, I'll tend to then get the base color again, you know, uh, make it nice and thin, and uh, get in there and just sort of panel fade. So you've already sort of got a, a lot of depth of color in there, which, at which point, you know, you could stop on the main color and it would look fine, um, but I'll tend to at that point just give it everything a nice sort of dry brush. Um, and I find dry brushing is, is actually for me, a, a, a really nice highlighting technique. Um, it's fast, um, and it looks nice. Um, you know, edge highlighting and things like that looks really great, but it's time-consuming, and I don't know if it's really necessary at 15 millimeters. Certainly at 28 sure. mil and stuff like that, it, it does start to become more of a, a thing you want to do. But um, And I, I've seen a lot of um, a lot of pictures of, of 15 mil stuff that people have edge highlighted, and it looks fantastic. Um, but do you really want to do that over, you know, 60, 70 vehicles and, and a whole bunch of sure. industry? I'm I'm not sure that you do. Um, and I'm not sure, no, no, it, I was going to say, I'm not sure that it really benefits from it, but it, it does, it does benefit from it. But, yeah. um,
0: yeah. But does everybody need to paint to that standard yeah. is the question, I think, e- right? Exactly.
1: Yeah. Are you, are you trying to win, for want of a better phrase, a golden demon or do you want to sort of get your models out on the table and, and have some games with your friends um and that's that's basically what gaming's all what war gaming tabletop is all about um if you're wanting to to paint the most beautiful model in the world you'll probably go to scale modeling instead if you know what I mean right yeah
0: yeah I mean that, that's very much my own approach at this point is, you know I have I have you know models here and there that i you know i'll do a real labor of love and i'll put some real extra time and effort into them for you know characters or generals or some such but yeah by and large i'm painting because i want to play games with my stuff so yeah precisely so you
1: you, you really just want to um to find the the sort of quickest but nicest looking method possible um yeah um and that's that's very much me as well um certainly with my own stuff i do that although i'll tend to, to put a bit more time and effort into it but anything for, the, com- for the, the company, as I say, I've, I've always got a, a bit of a time constraint. So I find dry brushing to be a really nice highlighting technique for that purpose, because I can, you know, dry brush a tank in five minutes, you know, versus no, absolutely versus edge highlighting probably take 20, 30, 40. I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I, 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 I give
0: dry brushing a thumbs up basically. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it has its place, right? Mm. I think there was a long time where people kind of sneered at dry brushing, mm. um, and I, I feel like people are coming back around on it because you know it, it's it's just another tool in your tool chest. Precisely, right?
1: um, and that's just that. It's like if it's if it's a technique that works and it looks nice, then why worry about whether people are going to sneer it or not? Because it's it's got to look nice to you first. You're the you're the person that's actually putting the work into it, if you know what I mean. So yeah. ultimately, and and this is sort of the way I approach. You know, just looking at other people's paint jobs, it's like, well, if that's the absolute best that they could do and they're happy with the result, then it's a good paint job. You know, other people might look at it and go, oh, it's a bit rubbish for this or a bit horrible for that. But that's it's an unfair litmus test to put your capabilities onto someone else, if you know what I mean.
0: No, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um. Especially speaking of brushes, do you have any go-to brushes or preferred brands or sizes? Uh, I, uh, I pretty much just use army painter brushes because they're cheap, um, but they're good. They,
1: they're, they're good enough for for what I need to do. I'll tend to go with a a small dry brush for the dry brushes. I'll tend to go with. Uh, what do they call their big one, uh, what's it called, a regiment, I tend to use that for a bit of base coating if I'm not spraying it, um, and apart from that I think I tend to go with, what is it, uh, super detail, or it might be insane detail, what is it, uh, highlighting, highlighting is the other one I use a lot, um, mm-hmm. so they sort of, what's highlighting, I think they would be like a, a zero, or double zero, I think, yeah. um, and brush sizes. The other ones are, are tend to be bigger than that. Um, there are occasions, very few, where I'll where I'll drop down a size further than that. Um, but that's that's if I was doing something like a you know golf forward chocolate chip camouflage or something like that. And apart from uh-huh. that, yeah, there's there's sort of no need to go too small.
0: Sure, but you like the army painter brand in general. Uh
1: yeah, it's it's pretty much what was here when I started. Um, and and I find brushes to be much more much muchness. I mean, I'm I'm sure like the Windsor and Newtons, um, and things like that are, are outstanding brushes. But for my purposes, I would kill them. Uh, they they would be destroyed. No,
0: that makes sense. Um,
1: whereas with say an army painter brush, it's perfectly good for what it is. Um, and you know, I'll use it and abuse it until it dies and it might last a couple of months, you know, but that's fine. Um, right. If you're spending, you know, sort of $50, $60 on, on a Windsor & Newton brush and it only lasts you a couple of months, that's not a good return on an investment. Um, so, I mean, if if you're one of these people that that only paints a few miniatures a, a year or paints them to exceptional standard and it just takes, you know, you just take what you're going to take. Um, you know, certainly you want to want to go that step up and, and go for a nicer brush. But, yeah, I think the the um, Army Painter ones are, are perfectly fine. Um, and that, that pretty much goes for any of those brands, really. I mean, you yeah, know, as long as you're not picking it up at a – at a bookshop, and it costs you $2, because those are, those are right. generally not good, but uh, you know, if, if it's a hobby brush, it, it'll do the job,
0: yeah. That makes sense. So do you, do you have a brush care routine at all, or uh, do you just kind of use and abuse these, because you're doing so many? No, I, I use them and abuse them, mate, to be honest, yeah. yeah yep. Um, I'm, I'm <laughs> if, if
1: brushes had a soul, I'd probably taken a few brush souls, but uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, um, yeah I, I tend to go through a lot of brushes a year, but um yeah, my my general brush routine is uh paint something, wash it out in water and squeeze all the paint out of the brush and it'll last as long as it's gonna
0: last. Yep. Yeah, That makes sense. Yeah. And uh you guys are you're you're partnering with Vallejo for uh your your uh Flames of War stuff, aren't Correct, you? Correct, Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um we've we've recently
1: gone back to them. Um so when I first started we were using Vallejo paints. Um I quite like them and it was one of my first exposures to them. Um and then we moved on to some army painter paints for a few years. So that would be the, the colours of war brand stuff that people are familiar with. Um mm-hmm. and I have a few of those. Yeah, and and we we're getting a lot of negative feedback on them. Things like coverage and stuff like that. Certainly for beginner painters, they they they're, they're a, a good product. Um, for people that have a bit of experience, but they're not a good sure. product for anyone that's starting out. Um, so we we and, and, and in the end we kind of all put our collective heads together and we're like, uh, is probably actually a better pick for beginning painters. Um, it's sure. it's a good pick across the board, obviously, but um, just when you're beginning, you know, all all you want to do is is slap down a bay. Uh, a coat of paint, right? You don't wanna sort of sit and mix it with glass balls and all these other things, which is right. what we were finding with the army painter stuff. So yeah, um we went through a few iterations of that, just trying it out, seeing what we could what we could sort of squeeze out of them. But yeah, in the end we felt, yeah, Belay is probably the better way to go. So mm-hmm. we've um we've gone back to that. Uh, I think late war is gonna be the the, the first sort of initial launch of those paints back into the range so yeah we've done a bit of work with them setting up some paint sets and things like that
0: yeah oh, that's cool yeah yeah can you, uh, what can you tell me about the paint sets
1: uh i can't tell you a lot um okay. I, I was in, involved in the uh, vaguely involved in the in the world war Two stuff but um one of our graphic designers casey is mega keen on world war ii and sort of had it all lined up before anyone even started huh. so uh he he uh, kind of took that that on his shoulders um and came up with with some sets for everyone so i think there's a a german armor a german infantry um I think there's a soviet uh, a U.K., a, a U.S. I think that might be all of them. There's a, a weathering set and a few other bits and pieces. But yeah, he, he pretty much did those. Each one of those has like, mm-hmm. like six paints in it. Might be, might be eight. I think there's six, though. Um, and then uh, the World War Three stuff, I was like, well, I know more about that, and I've kind of already got most of that lined up. Right. So so I kind of took that. So between the, the two of us, we sort of sat down over the course of a couple of weeks and just sort of nutted out some sets, for for everyone um obviously the they're the really good sets the and they'll they'll get most people through quite happily um for anyone else they're they're kind of good places to start from um you know they'll, they'll generally have a good sort of base color and, and some some camouflage colors and things like that and then uniform base colors all that sort of bits and pieces so
0: yeah yeah um i think they're pretty good that's yeah. great so i mean so say i was going to start a you know late war british army yeah would I be able to have all basically all the paints I need to paint to a, a general um, scheme if I bought, say, the British infantry and British armor sets? Uh, I,
1: th- I think all the British stuff is in one set, believe it or not.
0: Oh, okay. um, so it's even easier. But uh, yeah,
1: you'll you'll certainly have uh, the base color for your armor and I think a highlight color as well, if, if I remember correctly. We did both of those. Um, uniform color. Um, so I think there's a web gear color. Um, so yeah, you'd, you'd be able to do all of that. You'd probably find things like you know sort of barrels for for rifles and things like that you'll you'll need to to fight go off and, and grab a quartermaster set or something like that with some metal colors and things like that but yeah mm-hmm. you'll, you'll you'll get a long way um just using the the army set itself yeah sure uh, What what is the quartermaster set um like? i don't know what's in it at the moment but i know it's got um certainly it's got a gunmetal metallic I'm not too sure. I think it might have a yellow and a blue. There's, there's a few, but it's, it's it's basically just a set to to cover off sort of just the the average common things you're going to want um, right. that that anyone is going to want, regardless of what
0: army you're you're buying or collecting. Yeah. yeah. So what, what what I think I'm taking away is that if if I was going to start painting a Flames of War army for late war, if I was to get you know one of the my army set or sets and the quartermaster set, i'd be in a really good starting position you'd if be in anything to a basic standard yeah, you'd be in an
1: outstanding position at that point and uh, un, unless you're gonna go really insane and and weather your tanks to hell and all the rest of it you, I, you mm-hmm. pretty much get your army painted with with those products yeah so yeah pick up a quartermaster set could pick up a the army set or if, if you germans you be a little less luck- lucky because they they obviously have a lot more going on with their stuff you need to get an infantry mm-hmm. set and armor set but yeah you'll be good to go
0: No, that's a great introductory point yeah. um and you know I, I i've spoken with andrew a little bit about the um colors of war books that you guys are doing mm-hmm. and does does that do those are those complementary with the paint sets you're putting out yes
1: now? yes so um we over at the end of last year and early this year uh, Casey and I, again, so our, one of our graphic designers and I worked through updating Colors of War. So there's the old one um, that has all the, the Army Painter Colors of War colors in it, which, you know, that that, that was a fine um, product for a lot of the information in it. But obviously going forward with with a change of paint suppliers, we went through and just sort of tidied all that up and put some new miniatures and stuff like that in there. But yeah, Colors of War, if, if you are just starting out, I would pick that up. Yep,
0: I would absolutely pick that up. And uh, is that like a main book, or do you have books for the different forces? Ah, uh, well? no, it's
1: just just one book to rule more. But it's uh, it's pretty big. I'm, I've got it sitting here next to, next to my desk, and it is oh. how many pages? Uh, about one hundred
0: and thirty-six odd
1: pages. So
0: oh, that's great. Yeah, and is that? Um, is, are there step-by-step guides? Or is uh, it yes, just diagrams? There yeah, or... no,
1: there's step-by-step guides. There's there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. There's some uh, bits and pieces about. You know, setting up terrain, about basing your figures, all sorts of stuff. Um, that that it is actually a really good pro, uh, product for anyone sort of beginning or intermediate. To be honest, um, if if you're super advanced, you're probably not going to take a lot from it, but you're not going to need it in the first place. Um, but, sure. Yeah, anyone else? Yeah, yeah. It's it's well worth picking up.
0: Uh, that sounds really yeah. cool. You know, I'm I'm a sucker for a big book full of painted miniatures too. <laughs> yeah, so there you go.
1: It, it's worth it just for that. So <laughs> yeah
0: yeah mm, but but yeah uh, speaking of basing do you have any any tips or techniques for uh for basing at 15 millimeters i feel like it's a little different than a 28 because i feel like you could easily overwhelm your your tiny figures with the normal basing grits yes yeah,
1: so um what I'll tend to do with, with basing is um, I'll, I'll paint the, the the guys separate from the base, um, and there's no reason to do that or not to do that, it's just I find it easier to paint them on a stick and then glue them down, but sure. uh, uh, generally what I'll use just for um, ground effect is a Vallejo product, which is sandy paste. I'll tend to just paint that all around the feet of, my, of the guys, uh, and that... Then paint it, highlight it with a bit of a dry brush that looks like soil. It's it's perfect for that sort of thing. Apart from that, flocking. Flocking's fine. Um, mm-hmm. Things like tufts and stuff, um, they're, they're really awesome, but I'll tend to use them quite sparingly on a base for exactly the reason you pointed out, which is they will o- overwhelm things very quickly. Yeah, so... A, a lot of vertical elements you don't want, but you want some just to kind of bring the base to life
0: right i mean one of the things that I find really appealing about fifteen millimeter uh gaming is the uh, the little tableaus I often see with like command sections and mm-hmm. stuff yep' I was if you if you had any thoughts on like ways to make your you know your your h q table where the guys with the maps and stuff kind of stand out on the table
1: i i think um because we sort of come out with all the the sort of little tables and things like that, that's pretty cool I think. If you're you're really keen, you might want to build a bit of a tent or something around it, or a bit of camouflage netting, sort of on poles draped over to the top of the guys. Sure. But uh, nothing too major. But you want them to stand out, and therefore, you know that that's a good way to do it. What I what I always it, it looks really amazing when you see people do say like a, a whole forest scene or a whole sort of um, city scene where they got all the brick walls and that kind of stuff on their bases with their guys, but then. Yeah. and they're actually playing with them, it, it looks a bit funny because you'll see like a forest advancing across a road or you'll, you'll I, see a, I always have the same thought. Yeah, yeah, you'll see a, a, a city advancing towards you across a field and it's like, the, the the bases look cool, but they don't look cool in context, so I'll tend to...
0: Right, they look great on the shelf, yeah, but on the table...
1: Precisely, so I'll, I'll tend to try and keep it fairly generic looking. Um, so, you know, if, it, if it's in Europe, a, a, a nice sort of bit of bit of green flock to be the grass and and you know the 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 basing painted brown with a bit of dry brushing underneath it to look like dirt it's going to look like anywhere in europe you know what i mean so yeah
0: yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. no that's very cool are you are you working on anything interesting right now ooh, that you can talk about ooh, uh, hmm,
1: probably not that i can talk about um because I, I, I fair yeah, enough. I, I just started today on some some new stuff for for an upcoming Team Yankee project. Um, some people will be very happy to see it. There'll be some people that won't. But yeah, there, there's some cool stuff coming up. Um, apart from that, that's, that's quite a teaser. Yeah, yeah. Um, a, a
0: controversial
1: product, you not, say?
0: Well, no, not controversial.
1: Actually, <laughs> not, not controversial. But um, there, there'll be some people that'll be very keen for for what I've got sitting on my desk mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, I know I certainly am. Um, so yeah, uh, apart from that, I'm just um, filling out some uh, World War Two British stuff at the moment. So I've got a couple of M teams, I think there, are, and, and the uh, M ten C's. Yeah, so nothing too special there, but they're they're cool for what they are.
0: Actually, is that a curiosity? Um, do you do you have your own Flames of War army, and uh, what is it? If you do, uh, I
1: don't have a Flames of War army.
0: I have
1: two, three, three Team Yankee armies plus uh, a whole lot of starts. For a whole lot of other Team Yankee Yankees, sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right. So, you know, I, I've been wanting to talk about Team Yankees, so let's let's just let's just take the opportunity to dive let's into it for at least a few it. minutes. Yeah yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. You know, I, I've I've never played it, mm-hmm. um, but I keep I keep circling back and looking at it because I'm a real sucker for like 1980s alternate history, World War III, yep. Red Dawn, what have yep. you. Um. You know, I just I just think it's so cool. Um, it's kind of a fun thought experiment because you know you've got all these you know Cold War vehicles that never really saw much combat against each other. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, in all these military scenarios, and you know, dumb '80s movies that you know, kind of had the you know, what if? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so tell tell us about Team Yankee.
1: Ooh, Team Yankee. Well, you pretty much described it. It's um, it's hypothetical. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no it's it's hypothetical World War Three. So it's 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 um exactly when when I was growing up. Well, not yeah. Well, when I was growing up in the '80s, it was it was kind of reality or, or a possibility.
0: Right. It was the same for yeah, me. Well, there
1: you go. Yeah. So you know what it's like, but. Um and, and it tends to attract either a lot of people who were serving at the time. Um, we get a lot of people who were serving at the time and they they like to kind yeah. of model the units that they were in sure. and, and the, the areas that they were they were expecting to fight. Um, or it'll be people like you or me who grew up looking at that stuff and going, That's really cool. Um uh-huh. and then then sort of the moderns the moderns, um Kind of disappeared in the nineties, if if you remember, um, well, sort of died a bit um, as a as a wargaming sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, we 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 brought that back. Um, and it's it's really cool. So you yeah, know you've got oh, who we got at the moment? We've got a hell of a lot of nations now. We've got Americans, Brits, West Germans, Canadians, French, all sorts of stuff. Uh, Soviets, East Germans, Czechs, you name it. Um. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm 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 sort of hella keen on it. Um A because I I my my brother in law was in the army over here at the time, or one mm-hmm. of my brother in laws, um, or well, in the territorial army, so reserves you guys would know them as. Sure. Um, and he sort of got me into really liking all that kind of stuff. He he was a a, a very keen scale modeler as well. So introduced me to all that kind of thing and web gear and tanks and books about, you know, all the stuff that uh that people had in Europe at the time. So to me it's kind of a bit of a nostalgia kick, if anything else. But uh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um and then much, much later on, uh, I studied defence studies. So it's and it was sort of just in the era where a lot of that equipment was phasing out, um, for a lot mm-hmm. of the new stuff you see now. So I kind of have a bit of a, a fond look back at that as well um, as I sort of compare it with a lot of the things I was studying.
0: So I, I, won't, I won't put the screws to you too much because I know you're not a game designer, sure. but can you tell us a little bit about the gameplay? Is it similar to Flames of War? It, it, is,
1: or... it is very similar to Flames of War. Um, I've, I've only played a couple of games of Flames of War in my life, which it, it was cool. And Team Yankee, I've played a lot, um, especially with one of our um, game designers. Yeah, it, it, it plays very similarly, Um and I believe there's going to be a version 2 coming out later this year, early next year, might mm-hmm. be later this year, I think it's later this year, Um, which basically will be bringing it more in line with Flames of War, with some some of the things like artillery and morale sure. and bits and pieces that have have panned out to be a bit sort of working not quite so well in, in Team Yankee, but work better in Flames of War. So, yeah, I, I don't mm-hmm. know the full details of that, but, uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, um, it, it sounds pretty no, exciting.
0: I mean, that that sounds super yeah. cool. Is, what is, like, sort of the entry point for getting into Team Yankee? Ooh.
1: Ooh. You'd, you'd be wanting to buy one of the army boxes. Um, yep, yeah. They're, they're pretty good. Um, apart from that, it's... You you really sort of got to look at it and go, well, what's, what's the... The, the country that I like the most or, sure. or, you know, what's what's a thing I like the most. So you might be looking at, say, M60 tanks. I love M60 tanks, by the way. And right. you'll be looking at the at the Ryan's Leathernecks box and going, yep, I'll have that because it's got M60s in it. Or, uh, you know, you'll be looking at one of the... the you, you you might like Soviet stuff, so you'd be going, Oh, we've got two boxes now. We've got one with t C fours and one with t C2s, what's cooler? You know, oh one yeah. one has hind helicopters, I really like those or I do love the hind helicopters. They're a, a pretty awesome looking piece of kit, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I I, th- I think you just sold me on the game. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that's that's going to push me over the edge later this year i suspect they're um they're uh
1: they're a big model well they're not a big model they they take up a lot of room on the table with their rotor blades on them um yeah Mm -hmm. and they were in the in the first batch of team yankee helicopters that we did so there's there's probably some things in them that uh, if we did them now we'd do it a bit differently and make them a bit easy but they're still they're a good model they're they're a good model they just take a bit of time to put together and you know don't don't be all thumbs. you'll be all good
0: yeah, there's, there, there's no way I don't end up painting some hind helicopters in the next 12 months now, thanks to you. Uh, yeah, so. I've,
1: I've got four sitting on you... my table that have been sitting there for two years, and I've got them camouflaged, and <laughs> them every now and then they mock me as I go through all my other projects. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got to get them done at some point.
0: Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to try that. That's mm. cool. So I, so I, I guess um, as a fault question to that, is is there a model you've painted that you're especially proud of, or that's just your favorite?
1: <sighs> Ooh, um let's see uh from any I'm game from just, just game. whatever um so
0: i flames of war Team yankee whatever you yeah, like
1: so i recently painted up a um an m1 an m1 slick so one of the 105 jobs without any of the extra bits on it and um, went to town weathering it so did all the streaking and all the the mud splatters and stuff like that um yeah I put it up on on our facebook page i think actually on the the Team Yankee painting. Oh, cool. Page. We'll go look for that. Um, I, I quite like that. I, I did the same thing with Leopard 2 and uh, a Marder, um, which is an infantry fighting vehicle from Germany, and which I really mm-hmm. like. Uh, the things I'm most proud of, though, um, is I've been working for the past couple of years on a New Zealand army from the 1980s. So a whole bunch of people calling trees and scorpion light tanks. Um, and for those i sort of went all out and i i um 3d sculpted extra stowage bins and all the rest of it and, and uh yeah our, our sculptor physical sculptor as opposed to a 3d sculptor even uh, sculpted me up some some alice packs and all sorts of stuff like that that i i've stuck on there so yeah i'm, I'm sure when i finish it i'll be very proud of it uh until then <laughs> yeah you huh. me. i'm 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 great at starting projects i'm not always good at finishing them yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think we've all suffered from that yeah. at some oh, yeah, point definitely Yeah.
0: um actually actually one more one more quick technique yeah. question you mentioned you've done some some weathering and some standing are there any any go-to techniques you have for those at... uh what
1: i've done is looked at the thirty scale guys
0: um because
1: if, if anyone knows how to, how to make a or paint a model tank, it's, it's those dudes, right? Because they, they do it all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And then we recently got in a whole bunch of Vallejo products just to try out for weathering. Um, and I just found dabbing those on and, and just going for it, um, a lot of it is look at some pictures of, of real vehicles. Again, um, looking at, at pictures or having experience of the real thing, just helps you sort of make stuff look more realistic, um, which is is always pleasing. So, you know, for something like uh, like this this M one I did, did did a lot of vertical streaks from from rain forming on it and all that kind of stuff. And then it's like, well, it's in winter camouflage. So what uh, what happens in winter? Mud gets flicked everywhere, right? So yeah, for sure. Um, so a lot of it is what I tend to do, and I don't know if everyone does it. You might or might not, but uh. With a miniature alt- or or a set of miniatures, I'll tend to create a little kind of scene or story in my head, you know. So, oh,
0: so, sure, you know, yeah. um,
1: even with with like a a twenty eight mil, you know, space marine, for instance, it's like, well, okay, who are these guys? Where are they fighting? What are the, you know, what should it really mm-hmm. look like? You know, do they want to look pristine like they've just stepped out of out of the factory kind of thing, or you know, do you want sort of weather that's been in battle one? yeah so some of it really comes down to to being a bit of a big child and creating a story in my head
0: yeah that narrative is so important i find for that, that that's how i get yeah. projects done is like i, I, I want to finish my yeah, story Yeah, right? exactly right exactly right um
1: and that's just and it also just helps you create a look um you know if you've got a specific kind of idea in your mind it, it's just easier than than uh, just sitting there with a, a pile of plastic models on one side and a pile of paints on the other and going uh what do i do Mm -hmm. you know so yeah you know i i strongly recommend that for anyone out there who hasn't created a little story in their head try it
0: see what you think yeah i think that's great advice and you know i was my my final question is gonna be do you have any final tips for painters but i think you may have just yeah
1: yeah um yeah that's probably my biggest tip to be honest and apart from that just paint and paint and paint yeah if you enjoy it keep doing it no matter how um i mean because when i first started Battlefront, I was a average painter to be honest whereas these days Mm -hmm. i'm okay you know but um
0: i think uh, you're better than okay i've seen uh, your stuff i don't
1: know like like anyone because painting is part science part art right and and
0: Mm -hmm.
1: like anyone if 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 you ever want to improve you're always critical of what you do certainly i am anyway i'm always sort of looking at things i've done and going well okay that's cool but what could i do better which is the other good piece of advice for painters is like do the best you can on something and look at it and then go right what could i have done better or what would have been faster or what would you know um there's a lot of things you can look at it's like anything else an after action report if you want
0: yeah i think that's that's really really yeah. wise advice aaron i want to thank you so much for coming on and talking to me and everybody at the brush builders union and everybody else out there in the world is going to listen to this it's been really a pleasure speaking with you and hearing your wisdom yeah, about painting absolute
1: pleasure. thank you very much for having me on
0: yeah, and you know, if I uh, if I when I get those hinds for Team Yankee, uh, I'm gonna hold you accountable, and perhaps we'll have to play a game someday. Yeah, <laughs> sounds convention. good. Sounds excellent. All right, Aaron. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. The Brush Builders Union is a community of like-minded miniatures gamers dedicated to playing their games fully painted and supporting one another in their craft. Brush Builders Union is here to help you stay on track with tools and a community of fellow painters to encourage you in your journey. Take the Union pledge and learn more at BrushBuildersUnion.com.